Anyway, if you don't know me, I'm Neil. I'm not just weird. I'm, I'm actually the pastor here as well. And um, yeah, it's, it's really good to be here, isn't it? Um, I just love gathering together with the saints. It's the, one of the greatest pleasures of my week. And um, yeah, as I sort of come through this morning, we were talking about Romans 6 last week, and I just wanted to continue on with that passage uh, as we talk today. Just The whole point of it is this, that we are not sinners anymore. We're being called to righteousness. The old person is dead, so that sin nature is dead. And through the passage of Romans 6, every time except for one, uh, the word sin is used as a noun. And one time it's used as a verb, which we're going to look at today. And in other words, the action of sinning. And so if we read it wrong, what we're talking, we start to think is that if we are sinning or do a sin, um, then there's something wrong and we're going to lose our salvation. So you see some people that are like, I'm in this week, I'm out this week, this week I'm going to heaven, next week maybe not, because if I've done the wrong thing, God's going to reject me. But that's not exactly what it means. And the point of last week was to just really say to us, you are dead to sin, you're actually not a sinner anymore. You are born again to righteousness, because why? You're in Christ Jesus. That the old man is dead, the new man is, is calm, and, and we celebrate that with baptism as uh, believers too. We, we identify with Christ's death, burial and resurrection, we go under the water, and, and the picture is that we died with Christ and we rose again to new life. And so what I was urging us is to not just die to sin, don't just let it be the sin nature that's taken care of because that's not good enough. We want to rise again to righteousness, don't we? Who would want to get saved and just be who they were before? Not me. That was horrible. Before I knew Jesus, well, I don't know. With me, it's sort of a funny story because I grew up as a Christian, loved God all my life, but there was that point when I made a decision that I needed to believe in Jesus Christ. But without Jesus, I would be the worst dad, I'd be the worst husband, I'd be the worst person, I'd live a selfish life, I know it. Because you know why? I can see things in me that if they were not sanctified to God, they would be given over to the other side. And I don't want to live like that. Has anyone ever seen a, a business that's under new management? And you see the signs out the front, under new management. How disappointing would it be if you went into that business because you had a bad experience, the service was bad, the, the ambiance was bad. <laughs> Good, eh? That's my French. Ambiance. I've been practicing all week. No, it was bad. The owner was there. They, they didn't really care about you. It was messy and dirty and you went in because you see a big sign out the front. It's like, under new management. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to give this a go. I'm going to go back into that place and I'm going to see what's changed. Imagine your horror and disgust if you walked in and it was exactly how it was before, that nothing had changed. Us as Christians, we're under new management. You see, the old has passed away, the new has begun. Before we lived in darkness, now we live in light. Once we were in death, now we're in life. And that is the beauty of being a Christian. But... Often what we do is we still stay in this old place, especially when our mindset is wrong, that, that I'm actually just a struggling person trying to get through life, 
because of what has influenced us in our life, we live a certain way because of our past actions, our past behaviours, the world around us, as we talked about last week, that, that there's this influence that comes into our life all the time. And if we don't renew up here, the behaviour never changes. We're not dominated by sin, we now have a choice, and we're going to start to look at that uh, from Romans 6.13, starting at 13 today, just about, we're under new management. We've got a new boss, there's a new sheriff in town. The person that I used to be is not the person that I am today, but, but we often revert back to that. And even as, and as us, as Christians that are not Jewish... We somehow revert to this covenant under the law. So as Christians, we often talk about, you know, we're no longer under the law. We never were. We never were because Moses and the Israelites, that's who God made that covenant with, them. Us, us Gentiles, outside of that agreement, we were never under the law. We were never under the rules and regulations that God gave them to bring Jesus Christ here. We were never there. In fact, we were without the law. We didn't have any rules or regulations, really, like without that, but, but somehow we've adopted this way of living, even as Christians, and so what will happen is we think, I'll give my life to God, and that's not the covenant we're meant to be entering into. So what we do is we're like, we don't have any law in our life, we don't love God, but then we've accepted him, and now let me go back to the Ten Commandments, because that's the way I need to live now. I'm going to put myself under this legal system that doesn't even belong to a Christian. Never did, never was meant to be, because the blessing that came to us is the Abrahamic covenant, which was before the Mosaic covenant. If you're not a, not a Christian or not a churchgoer, basically there's these two guys, Abraham, who's considered the father of faith. God made an agreement with him, and this agreement was this, that... I will bless the nations through you. I will be your God. I will love you. I will care for you, protect you. And what happened was Abraham believed God. It was a faith agreement that God was going to be with him and he was going to walk with God. And because he had that faith, it was counted to him for righteousness. That is the covenant that we enter into. See, the law came after Abraham. That was never to be our covenant. It was never to be that, that we were to be bound by laws, rules and regulations because in Christ Jesus all that was fulfilled and now we could walk into freedom. Have you ever thought about that, pondered about that? Because you know, often you'll hear that. You'll, you'll, you'll get people that go back to the Old Testament and give you this list of rules and regulations. You can do this, you can't do that, you must do this, you must observe this holy feast, you must you know, uh, understand all the, the Jewish traditions and you should have those days specially set aside because that's what God gave the Jews. He never gave that to us. And in fact, most of those, in fact, all of those feasts, all of those things speak of Christ, the one who was to come, the real reason for that covenant. And so we shouldn't get hung up on those things as, as Christians. You know, we need to do this, we need to meet this day, we need to do this regulation, this whatever it is that we do. We don't need to do that. We were never designed to do that because we were called into the Abrahamic covenant, a covenant that is by faith. And by faith, we believe to righteousness. 
We believe to a change in who we are. We believe to this, this change of heart. We believe to this different person, not the person I used to be, but a person who is alive to Christ and dead to sin. I am not a sinner. My tendency as a Christian is not to sin. My tendency is to do right and follow after God because Jesus has been planted in my heart. But there is some effort required on us to change this thing. The way we think, the influences on our life, who we yield to, to obey. So let's bring up our first verse, which is from John still, which is what we looked at firstly last week. John 1, 16, 18, 18, not 18. From his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. The law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself God is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. And again, just emphasizing, there is a difference between the law, which came through Moses, and the new covenant that we live in now. Just something amazing has changed, and we can't mix the two. They don't mix. It's like oil and water. They need to be separate. And the Bible even says that because this is a new and better covenant, the old one was, what was done away with. It exists no longer. Well, let's go looking at Romans then. Remember what we have to think. That the noun or sin, as it is mentioned here, is this sin nature. Paul is not saying that we've got this battle inside of us between good and evil in terms of us, our real spirit, our recreated person. Do we battle with sin itself, the action of sinning? Of course we do, because of outward influences. Paul was never saying that a sinful life is compatible with a Christian life. He was never saying that, that we are both. We're not. We're one. We are called righteous in Christ Jesus. Now, here's interesting. We're not going to do this anymore because, do you know we didn't used to have a choice? Oh, I should have brought my glasses up. Joe, can you throw them up? There Thanks. We now have a choice, and that is the difference. So no longer is this sin nature in charge of us because we are Christians. We have been changed and now we have a choice to what we yield to. We have a decision to make. We can either lead, sorry, yield to the flesh or our body, what we want to do, the desires that are within us, or we can follow after the Spirit of God. But you are alive to God. You are alive to God. And it is now a choice that we make to yield ourselves to righteousness, to right living for the glory of God. You see, the question that we often ask is, is this right or wrong? Now, a person who loves God, who, who walks in the Spirit, will naturally follow after righteousness, will naturally do the right things because of that love relationship with God. If I'm connected to the source of love and of righteousness and holiness, what begins to flow through my life? Well, where's my root? 
Am I rooted and grounded in his love? Am I rooted and grounded in something else? What is the influence? What is it that I am yielding myself to? Can you see what it says there? Instead, give yourselves how much to God? Completely to God, right? In other words, what, what he's saying is that this is the choice you're making. Am I going to follow God now? Or am I going to listen to other voices? Am I going to live from this new nature? Or am I going to let what is in my mind, my heart, my understanding from the past influence my decision? It's not, is it right or wrong, but is this what God wants for me? Every decision. Every decision has to be based on, God, what do you want me to do? And how many of us walk away from those things because other things grab hold of us? Maybe it's the, the, the idea that I need to be successful and I chase success or, or money or physical pleasure, whatever it might be, that those things take over. I, I feel insecure and I don't walk in the new security in Christ, so I look towards people to fill that emptiness that's in me instead of to God. Am I yielded over Him, over to Him to live in righteousness? Verse 14, because this is why we can do this, guys. This is something we need to get in our head. We, we can't any longer say it was the devil made me do it because he didn't make you do nothing. Sin is no longer your master. You no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you love, live under the freedom of God's grace. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the Lord, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. And this is where the only time it's that verb there. And this is one of the problems that happens though, when people start to speak of grace. I've heard people actually say, I cannot sin. No matter what I do, it's not a sin because I'm free from sin. And because of God's grace, I can do whatever I want and it really doesn't matter. And what they're doing is separating the action from the heart. So in other words, I am not a sinner. I'm someone who's created for righteousness, but I can sin. But what people can sometimes do is say, oh, the message of grace is this, that you know, because it's all grace and faith in God, I can do whatever I want. No, you can't. You really can't. There's still obedience to God. And so I've heard people actually say to me, I can't sin, it doesn't matter what I do, it's not a sin. I'm like, yeah, it is. The action that you're taking part in now is nothing like what God has got for your life. Nothing like it. And so when Paul is writing this, he's saying, you know, I've heard people saying this, if I keep on doing sin, it's good because it shows how good God is that he forgives me every single time, so I'm just going to keep on doing the bad thing. And he's saying, no, wait a minute, of course not. A life where you are committing sinful actions is not the life of a new believer who is now, now no longer bound by your sin nature. And we see people battling with those things, don't we? 
what are you going to yield to? What is it that you're going to say, I am going to listen to, understand, pay attention to? Who is it? What voice? You see, grace still has obedience inside of it and it moves us towards holiness in God. And there's a separation that happens between us and the world. And what do I mean by the world? I don't mean that we're walking out of the world. But there's a whole lot of things that as a Christian, they begin to change within us. One of the letters in the Bible says, don't be surprised if your friends can't understand why you no longer go to wild, drunken parties. Don't be surprised. They're not going to get it. They don't understand that, that inside you there's this heart change, that you're yielding yourself to God and now it's not so much about right or wrong, it's about am I yielded to his will for my life? Am I yielded to his voice? Am I doing the things that Jesus asked me to do? When I'm looking for a job, do I pray about it? Do I say, God, is this the job for me? Or do I look at the outside influence of the world around me where the first thought is always, is there more money in this? Is there better promotion opportunities? Is God going to allow me to be the boss? Whatever it might be. But God, is this right for me? You see, it's okay for us to say these things, you know, tomorrow I'm going to go and live here and I'm going to do that. But Jesus said very clearly, don't say it like that. Say, if God is willing, I'm going to go to this city. If God is willing, I'm going to do that. But so many of us are like, I'm doing this, God come with me. Are you yielded to him? This is the point because it's, it's about, am I doing what God wants me to do? Am I following after his word? Am I doing the things that he wants me to do? Where is my focus? Am I thinking that that the only way I can get blessed is that I'm living under a conditional covenant that if I do something, then God will do something for me? Am I trying to move God by my actions? Am I trying to, you know, people will say, God, if you only do this, then I'll go to church every week. God, if I, if I try really hard, then maybe you'll heal me. If, God, if I pray louder, stronger, and whatever, God, you're going to move on my behalf. That's not how we live as Christians because God has already done it. He's promised it to us in faith. And we are living as believers in him. What he says, I came from heaven so that they could have life, but it's anyone who believes in him, not anyone who goes back and obeys the law and does everything right, then God will do something for you. He has already moved on your behalf. It's the only reason that you're saved is because Jesus went to the cross while you didn't even like him. When you were his enemy, Jesus died for you. Can we go to verse 16, please? Now, I've done this one in the New King James Version, if you've been following along in your own Bible. Tangled up. (laughs) Why? Because I just want to really point out something here. 
about the sin leading to death or obedience leading to righteousness. What does that mean? Because I can read this here right now, can't I? And, and if I look at it in the verb again, if I'm sinning, or whether I'm living in the old life, this is actually a comparison between who you used to be before you're a Christian and who you are now as a Christian. And I'll show you why. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slave whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or obedience leading to righteousness? Now, the Bible says that sin entered the world through one man, Adam. And how did righteousness come? Through Christ, by faith in Christ Jesus, right? So what I can read this as is this, that oh, if I'm sinning, then I'm just going to die. God's not going to love me anymore and I'm, I'm going to hell. Even though I'm a Christian, I've given my life to him. And then if I'm obedient to God, in other words, if I do everything right, then I'm going to have a righteous life. And that's what it is. It's my works that are making me righteous, right? You can read that like that, can you? Because you're reading it like, oh, I'm righteous if I'm obedient. But we are made righteous through what? Whose obedience? Mine or Jesus's? Jesus' obedience, right? I'm never made right through my own obedience, so it would be contradictory for this to be something that if now I'm doing the right thing, then God will love me, but if I'm doing the wrong thing, he won't, and the covenant doesn't, doesn't exist, but what it's saying, no, you are those slaves. And he's pointing out that before you were a Christian, you were a slave to sin, the death. You see, the disobedience of sin came through Adam to all men, and death came to all men because of Adam, but obedience came through Jesus Christ. He is the one who was obedient that gives us righteousness. Because you know who God is presented with when he looks at us? Who believe in Jesus Christ? His son is standing before him. His son is standing before him. And he's like, I took his place. I took her place. I took that sin on the cross. I took that sickness on the cross. I took that depression on the cross. I took that loneliness on the cross. I took that lack of self-worth on the cross. And Jesus stands before the Father on our behalf. Isn't that a blessing? Does it suddenly release this pressure off you that grace doesn't give you the room to sin, it gives you the room to grow? Because you're no longer living under this shame and condemnation. You're like, wait a minute, that is not me. I'm not that person. I am a person who is a believer in Jesus Christ. Because I believe in Jesus Christ, he's given me a new nature. He's written his law in my heart. And I'm dead to that old sinful nature. I am now alive to Christ. Can I now live in it? Can I be that person that I actually really am? Which is what we want to do. We want to grow into who we are not live like we used to be. Your choice. Which is why we, we always say, make sure you fill your life, your, your heart, your mind with the things of God. That's why we say get into the Bible. 
It's ridiculous for Christians to say, I don't read, I can't read the Bible. It's boring. It doesn't do anything for me. Of course it doesn't. You're not even committed to it. I want things to change in my life. Have you, have you been spending time with God in prayer? Have you been reading your Bible? Have you been listening to, to amazing podcasts? Have you been trying to change how you think up here? Have you been disturbing the status quo that's in your life and starting to live for him? While we don't have that nature anymore, that we are created after Christ Jesus, this is the battle that in our understanding... We still live the old way because we allow that to influence how we act rather than letting the word of God be planted in our hearts. We'd rather watch three hours of neighbours and all the things that go on in there than to watch an excellent preacher preaching life into you. We'd rather read about fantasy than the reality of Christ's work on the cross in our life. And we're expecting things to move and change in our life. They are not going to in the outworking of our new nature. It's actually pretty amazing how quickly God can change things in your life when you push into him. Not because he's acting any differently, towards you, not because he's decided now he's going to bless you, he's already blessed you, but it's gaining the understanding and knowledge of who he is so that we can grow into who we are meant to be. That's exactly what that song is about, that good father song, it's who you are. You ever wondered why we sing those songs like that? Because those words are a bit random, right? In a way, you know, it's who you are, it's who I am, and it's like, what? (laughs) What it's saying is, that Christ lives in me and because of who he is, I become who I'm meant to be. It is the power of Christ working in you, not your own good works, not your endeavour, not your effort in terms of trying to do the right thing. It's your effort in pursuing Christ and knowing him. Has anyone noticed that sometimes people with a lot of knowledge of the Bible and, and know all these amazing things still act like they're working and living under the old management? Well, they know a lot. They're well versed in scriptures. But yet the heart has not changed because they were not pursuing Christ. They're pursuing knowledge. Is knowledge good? Absolutely. But everything else pales in insignificance to knowing Jesus Christ, the one crucified. Everything else pales into insignificance. Let's keep going. What verse are we up to? 17? 18? Which one? It's coming. (laughs) What happened, Emily? We lost it. There we go. Listen to this. The contrast to that preceding verse, right? Because that was like, you know, if we we continue in sin or we move to righteousness. And this is the proof, I guess, 
about what he's saying. Thank God. Thank God. You were slaves of sin. What's it saying now? It's saying you were, but you're not anymore. You were dead. You were in that death covenant, but now you're in the life covenant. You were, but whose job was it? God's. But now you wholeheartedly obey his teaching we've given you. In other words, this new way of living the teaching, which means that you need to get that in your heart. What was the doctrine that Paul was teaching? It's by grace. It's by grace. It's not by works. It's by grace. It's through the death of Jesus Christ. So you're obeying that teaching. He's not saying, I'm giving you this whole new list of laws, regulations and rules that you need to obey. But no, it says you are free from your slavery to sin and you have become what? Slaves to righteous living. Keep going. Because of the weakness of your human nature, I'm using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all this. Previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led ever deeper into sin. But now you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteous living so you become holy. What is being pointed out here is it's not our sin nature in the spiritual realm. It says here, the weakness of your human nature. In other words, sometimes I'm just weak. And he's using that, that, that illustration of slavery to, to help you understand that Yeah, you will sometimes sin because you haven't purified and changed this way of thinking. And so it's like you keep struggling. It's like you're still living in the old way. And I don't know if you know what that was like, but it was like many of us still live today. It's it's like it starts the cycle and I'm starting to do the wrong thing and then I feel sorry and I come back to God and then I do it again and I come back to God and then I do it again and I come back to God. That's what slavery is. It's like going around in circles day after day, continuing to be in the same place, do the same things, let the same things dominate you, let them dominate your thoughts. But we are now slaves to righteous living. In other words, now is the time you've got to make this choice. How am I going to live? Am I going to live for Christ or not? I am fully convinced that if you're obedient to God, listening to His Spirit, Living the way that he wants you to live, you can change anything in your life, especially if the other person that you're with is a Christian. Honestly, um, <laughs> remember Mitch came up here once and, and part of our pre-marriage stuff was, you know, like looking at how you work together as a, as a couple. And you might not be fortunate enough at this stage to have a Christian husband or a Christian wife. And, and he said, oh, you know, one of the things Neil said, and it was like, read the Bible and do what it says, and it'll work. You want a good marriage? Do that. Don't live selfishly anymore. Honour your wife. Honour your husband. Love your wife. Love your husband. Live a life of good works. Don't get angry and sin. Be angry and sin not. And people will struggle year after year after year with their relationships because they do not give themselves over to Christ. They just don't. 
All you have to do is change up here and start to think, what does God want me to do? Seek him and you cannot help but love because God is love. If you're spending time with the one who loves and who is the source of love and is love, can you imagine how that's going to change any relationship, any attitude, any workplace, any, anything in your life? It is incredibly powerful. This, this, this power of the Holy Spirit working in your life is incredibly powerful. And if you are fighting with your husband and wife all the time, for goodness sake, read the Bible and humble yourself. Live like Jesus lived and you will be just fine. Love like Jesus did and you will be just fine. Serve like Jesus did and you will be just fine. In fact, it will be incredibly wonderful and it can change things so dramatically in your life. Live for him, live for his glory, seek him and everything else changes. You see, we're like this. We read something like, seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. What we do is this, we want to get everything else right and then we'll seek God. God, if only this relationship was right, I would seek you so much more. God, if only I had more money, I would seek you so much more. God, if only I would do this for you. God, if only I had more time, I would actually spend time with people and love on them. If only, God, you would... If this changes, then I'll seek you. And yet the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God. And what? His righteousness. His righteousness. Seek that in your life. His righteousness. Understand who you are. That he has changed you. He has made you whole. That he has set you free. What are your eyes open to? What's the next one? Chick thought, ooh. <laughs> Looked up too quickly. It's crazy today up here. <laughs> when you were the slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You're now ashamed of the things you used to do, things that end in eternal doom. What he's saying is before you're a Christian, if you look back on your life, you're like, oh, I'm so ashamed of what my life was like. Let's keep going. But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Can you see how he's writing this? You're free from the power of sin. He's not saying one day you'll be free from the power of sin. Good luck to you. Hope your journey's really good. But just struggle, struggle, struggle. No, he's saying no. You're free. You have become slaves of God. Now you do those things which lead to holiness and result in eternal life. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Before Jesus, it was death, but now it is life to you. So, what do we do? Really, we've got to understand that, that, that we aren't created to sin, that our propensity is not to sin. 
But our job is to renew our mind. To start get our thinking straight to what God says and not us. And you know what? It's an everyday process to renew your mind. It's not a once-off thing, but it's a daily process of renewing your mind because you will forget soon enough. Soon enough, the influence of the world on your life will start to change you again. When you hang around all those complainers and you never spend time with God and the positive people, your tendency will be to complain. But when you spend time with God, when you let his word work in your life, when you live with those Christians who love God and serve him and genuinely know their freedom, you will become free. It's an everyday process. And the other thing to remember is this, it's your choice. It's your choice. You can choose. I think Joshua put it really well when he said, as for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. He made a definite choice and that's what we've got to make today. There might be some people out there that have never received Jesus Christ. I'm just going to pray a prayer in a second for you. And what it means is this, that you see Jesus died for your sin on the cross. The Bible says that. It's not because you're good enough that God accepts you. He accepts you because Jesus is good enough. And he took the penalty of anything you ever did wrong. He took the penalty of you not loving God and knowing him on the cross where he died. But even better than that, he rose again to set you free so you can live a new life. And so what we'll be praying this morning is that. And if that's you, I'd like you to pray with me and just say, God, come into my life today. There's a card on your seat or somewhere near you, that green and white card, and you can just tick on the back of that and say, today I made a commitment to Jesus, whatever that might be. It may even be that you just made a commitment that I'm actually going to start to renew my mind. I am actually free. I'm not a sinful person because I'm righteous in Christ Jesus, but I haven't done any work in changing this. And maybe today that's a decision that you have to make. You're like, you know what? Today I'm going to make a decision to read the word every day or meet with a friend once a week and talk about the Bible or just chat about things. I'd love you to fill out that card too because we ring and we'll say, hey, you made a commitment to Jesus, what was it? Do you know commitments that you have someone walking with you are more likely to get done? So you might say, oh yeah, I'm going to read my Bible every day. But when there's someone who's concerned about you and says, hey, how you going? You filled out this card, what was your commitment? Oh, I'm going to read my Bible every day. That's a commitment I made. How are you doing with that? I'm struggling. Can I help you? Can we meet together? It's such a good way of living that we're meant to be with each other as brothers and sisters. Not to hold each other accountable, but to hold us to account. So as I pray this prayer this morning, if that's you, you're making a commitment to Jesus anyway, you can pray with this prayer. But my great prayer is for you that if you do not know Jesus, you've never accepted him as Lord and Saviour this morning, that you do that. If 
that's you, just pray with me. Like I said, fill out that card or you can talk to your friend that's sitting next to you or your family member that brought you along. I'm just going to pray that now. Father God, I'm so sorry that I've sinned against you. I realize that I need you in my life. Can you please forgive me? I believe that Jesus died for me. I believe that he took my sin. From today, I want to live for you. Come into my life, I pray. And I just want to thank you for accepting me into your family. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's stand and we're going to sing, but just feel today that the prayer, we, we, we always have the front open for prayer, which really just means if you want to get prayed for, come up the front um, in untechnical terms. And I just feel like there might be some people that are struggling with that, believing that God has actually made them a righteous person, that they're thinking, but I did this, but I'm like this. And I'd love the chance, the opportunity to pray for you this morning or someone else to pray for you this morning. God wants to set you free. He wants you to understand who you are, that you do not have to live in guilt, shame and condemnation, but you can live in the freedom of Christ. So if that's you this morning, if right now there's something sort of stirring in your stomach and you're like, oh, I should really go up the front, don't delay today, just come up. We'll pray because it's so important that you get free. The theme of this morning, right? Freedom, freedom, freedom. Stop living in slavery. Be free in Jesus' name. So that'll be open for that and anything else you'd like prayer for this morning.